True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We've all heard of someone being your ride or die, your bestie, your PIC. But these partners in crime just take it to a whole nother level. Real quick, I follow Scary Facts IG. Mm -hmm. It says post-mortem staging has become a morbid trend in the island of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Jomar Aguayo Colazo, the guy in above in the blue Adidas sweatshirt, was killed in a drug-related shootout a little after his 23rd birthday. Within days of his death, he was back at his mother's bar, conveniently behind a table, playing dominoes, booze, condoms, and cigarettes close at hand just as he was alive. So I heard about this a long time ago where some lady had her son it's like standing in her living room, mm -hmm. but apparently they choose to do this over burial now. Mm -hmm. They just have them embalmed and staged and put them somewhere like in their house no. like fucking taxidermy. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. I don't know if they allow that in the U.S. They but don't. I know in a lot of other countries, <laughs> it's like, like a they thing. don't. I checked already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've tried. But that just seems like so much work. Like it would be like a statue. And you would have to move. Yeah, like and how terrifying. Like I'm sorry. Like it's like even if there's <laughs> like a not even for you. Like if somebody came to even visit, if the, yeah. And even if there's like a statue that's like way too realistic and it's just like in the corner, like it's going to scare you from time to time just because you think that there's a person in there. And this one is a person in there. It's literally it's a and imagine it's dead a dead person. You know what? I can't knock it because I would definitely consider it if it was somebody like super, super close to me. But I mean, it's fucking weird. I don't know. I feel like that would almost make me like more sad. Like to have to like, I don't know, like the closure I feel would be a lot longer. Like, can I have a trial period? Like, I just want him here for three months and then I'll bury him. <laughs> and, that, like, and we'll see if, if I like cool. it. And then if I can't get over it, then we'll bury him. Yeah. I, just, I can't make up my mind now. Um, uh, I would okay, much rather, I, I would much rather like put them, put their ashes into a diamond and like wear them. And then I know, but then it's a diamond. So that's true. Like, I don't need their body here. <laughs> so what if you want to, like, cuddle? Oh, that's my thing. That's so weird. I can't. <laughs> Instead of a body pillow, you just have a body? Yeah. Even, ah, e like a fluffy, and like the a fluffy skin onesie. would probably be waxy. <laughs> oh, Like okay. Elmer. What was that story we both did, like, yes. early on? Oh my god, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't handle any of that. Mm -mm. That would be actually pretty fucking cool. I would be down. Frank, we need to discuss your burial options. <laughs> good chat, good chat. Um so 
fucking welcome back yeah to another amazing episode of true crime girls i'm gonna start off by saying you're welcome already oh my god i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) his name is dean winters dean winters yeah he played detective cassidy Mm. detective cassidy so we're talking about the mayhem guy from the all-state commercials and i'm fucking in love with him Mm. because he's amazing um but yeah, like Hailey said, you're we're just gonna s- jump off mm-hmm. and say you're welcome, mm-hmm. um, because we obviously do this for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, our it. millions and millions and millions of listeners and followers. Yeah, you know, you're the reason. <laughs> you're the reason for. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So we just got all the bullshit out in the last episode. So this one's going to be a little yeah. bullshit free. Uh, is maybe. it though? I'm probably not. I feel like it, every episode is be. bullshit. Yeah. Well, we'll no, we got all more. the shit out. Hey. We did get all the shit out. Last episode. Hey, oh. Wow, you're just a comedian today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for a long time, we would say that we were partners in true crime. Yes. So we had to essentially do, this episode should be about us. I mean, it's actually an autobiography. Welcome. <laughs> I was born <laughs> almost comfortable. in a Here's Thai Chinese story. restaurant in Hollywood, which we hmm. still go to. We still go to 32 years later. Um, I was born at Kaiser West Hollywood. Wow. On February we're, 22nd, we're 1988. Eileen, they're going to know PM. exactly where like who you are. I can give you my social. You know what I hate? <laughs> it's four seven. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate when like new parents put like on the Instagram or whatever, like their child's full name, like middle last or first middle last, where they were born, the the time. And it's like, do you have a social yet? Like you're going to put it up there? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that's way too much info. It. I get annoyed at the parents who are like, Month one, month two. Oh, month that's three. Cute. I wish I would have done that. That's cute. That didn't fucking exist when the child was little. All I had was like baby blue or gray. Like those are my options. I I like those month and then, ones, especially with the like moms that like aren't like they're they're obviously like Instagram moms, but they're not like the super Instagram oh, yeah. moms. And yeah. so like all of a sudden they'll be like, uh, oh, month three didn't really happen. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, we forgot. <laughs> no, that's Halfway. cool. But Real the ones life. that like have like a fucking photo shoot oh, and it's yeah. like I burp and and fart and throw up and I have tummy time and so I have <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it's like months. I'm sitting up now. I'm holding my head up. I'm looking at daddy. I'm noticing this and I feel this and I feel that. And it's like, dude, nobody gives a shit. They're fucking infant. Oh, you know Aww. what? I should start doing that with Reptar. You totally that would be super should cute. do it. Okay, oh so that's God. my vent sesh for the day. <laughs> wow. My vent sesh is um nothing. I don't know. My vent sesh is how this side of my hair still has curl in it and this one doesn't. <laughs> that's that's okay. I have to take a shower anyways. I have I have a lot of um I have about three days of dry shampoo in my hair. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so a little, it's a little crusty. So, yeah. So, we're not going to do our autobiography. We we're totally no, kidding. That's um, 
We're going to do Partners in Crime Yay. episode. Yeah. I don't think we've done this before or anything Not similar. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Menendez brothers. Yep. They're, they're one of the top ones in my research that I was doing. I was like, nope, done it. Yeah. Done it. Um, my number one, which I will just mention, is Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, obviously. Kyle, didn't you do something on Bonnie and Clyde? I don't think I did anything on them. I might have mentioned them at a certain point, but oh, I don't maybe. think I did anything official. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't do them either. I, well, when I get into my story, I'll tell you who I really wanted to do, but it was, it's a big one and I didn't want to. That's the, I think I know what one you're going to reference. Canada? No. Oh, that's uh, the one I was thinking too. That's what? That's the one I was thinking too. Oh, yeah. No, there is an honorable mention in mine. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? I guess. Do you want to take yes. your rightful place as first in the podcast? I guess. Oh, you are. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> I oh, am she one. Is. Okay, so um, in this day and age, it seems everyone and their mother is true crime obsessed, which is fucking fantastic for us. Cause I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> then we wouldn't really have a podcast. Yeah. Um. When it comes to partners in crime, there's no more famous couple than Bonnie and Clyde. They're pretty much a household name anywhere. And this is way mm -hmm. before um, Beyonce and Jay-Z. And then there is uh, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, yeah, which that was the one I, was I remember about. hearing of them when I was younger and they freaked the fuck out of me. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann... Fugate? Who's mm -hmm. that? No? no? No. They're the ones who literally natural born killers was made out of. Oh, made yes. From. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did them. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Okay. Um, the latter being the inspiration for the movie Natural Born Killers with Juliette Lewis and Woody Harrelson. Mm -hmm. um, oof. My subjects actually had their own crimes featured in the media as well. Um, they were a subplot for the Roanoke season of American Horror Story. Oh. Mm -hmm, which I did not know until I did it. The I best have, portion of it, that so. season is when it started raining teeth. Of course. I think it's like the love that. second So episode. I was watching. So um, my kid. I haven't watched that one yet. Eh, my, the kid, um, used to go to soccer practice on Wednesday nights. And I would watch that on Wednesday nights. So he would come home from soccer practice and watch it with me. And he was hmm? seven or eight at the time. So I was watching and he okay, he's been watching scary movies since he was three. Like that's his choice. <sighs> so we're sitting here watching it, and in one of the episodes, the girl's like trying to drive away. She's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. I'm not down for this creepy shit. So she's driving away, and as she's driving away, like a um a something appears in front of her mm -hmm. and she like drives past it and she's like, like fuck this she's looking in the rearview mirror looking in the rearview mirror and then it's quiet for a second all of a sudden something appears in her car it's like boom Ugh. and we both i screamed and my scream made him scream <laughs> and him scream made me scream again so like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> i just pictured dude we hands. were dying and still to this day oh he's like remember God. that time look how high that went <laughs> remember that time that's the loudest we, were, yeah, ever we were in been. the room and we got scared and yeah so that that's my story about roanoke anyways that's amazing off on a tangent here 
So um, my people are Gwendolyn Gail Graham and Catherine May Wood. Mm. They were two nursing aides working at Alpine Manor Nursing Home in Walker, Michigan. Um, this was back in 1986 to 88. The moment Catherine and Gwendolyn met, they clicked, becoming fast friends and soon inseparable lovers. Ooh. Beginning in January 1987, when in the room of an Alzheimer patient, Wood acted as a lookout while Graham took a washcloth and smothered the patient. Mm-hmm. Wood later stated Graham used murder as a way to relieve her tension. <laughs> Small side note, if you're in a if you have a lesbian lover, there's seriously a better way to relieve tension and it does not include murder. <laughs> Just it saying. murdering that pussy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean. That is true. It does include murder then. <laughs> Just not people. Yeah. Pussy. So, um, anyways, uh, both women, both women, oh, I messed up. Both women thought like this would be their connection so they figured as long as they kept killing the other wouldn't leave so it kind of just like cemented oh their bond <laughs> yeah um over the course so of over the course of four months four more patients would be murdered all suffering from alzheimer's oh. now in the end they it was five total but towards the end they investigated eight but only could confirm that five were actually murdered okay um all deaths appeared natural so no autopsies autopsies were ever performed i was just gonna ask like some were cremated some were buried so that's why they can only confirm Mm -hmm. okay um the victims were chosen by their names wood and graham intended to spell out murder with their initials of their first names oh okay now i see what you're saying (laughs) they couldn't they so that was their intention that's how it started they wanted to make a game out of it because of that they couldn't because the people they had chosen th- some of the women had like they said quote unquote they had fight in them they had fight left mm, in them uh, so the ones that they tried to kill to keep that they couldn't so what they did was they used it as another game and considered each murder a day because they would tell each other i love you forever and a day I love you forever and five days. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so the five murders <sighs> in a poem written from one to the other, she wrote like, I love you forever and five days because they had killed five people. Got it. Wow. I mean, that's kind of cute. Not, not yeah, going to lie. It's romantic. <laughs> it's, it's romantic. Uh, after five murders, Graham tried to pressure Wood into killing to prove her love for her. So at this point, Graham was the one doing all the murders. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. we'll come back to that would refuse and transfer to a different shift graham decided to move to texas um and began a relationship with another woman Oof. and began working in a hospital with infants uh, oh, oh i thought the alzheimer's was bad well it just stops there you're good oh. um i just had to do that sorry Uh, In 1988, Wood's ex-husband went to the police about the murders after Wood confessed to them. In December 1989, Graham was arrested in Tyler, Texas. She denied all claims, saying they were merely stories made up to scare coworkers. Okay. Yeah. Wood had a plea bargain to put Graham away in in exchange for leniency. (coughs) Although Wood confessed to eight murders, only five were confirmed slash pursued. Since it was revealed that that's when they revealed that they made a game out of the killings about forever and five days. 
Um, Graham was found guilty of five counts of murder and one count conspiracy to commit murder. She was sentenced to five life terms. She is currently serving her life sentences at Women's Huron Valley Correctional Facility in Pittsfield Charter Township, Michigan. Oh, shit. For her cooperation, Wood was only charged and convicted of one count second-degree murder and one count conspiracy to commit second-degree murder. And she was sentenced to 20 years on each count and has been eligible for parole since March to March 2nd, 2005. Oh, wow. Wood was incarcerated in the Federal Correction Institution in Tallahassee, Florida, up until her release January 16th, 2020. <gasps> Holy fuck. It just that was, la- that was, that was like days three ago. days ago. Oh, my God. Three days ago. In Tallahassee? I, I need to fucking buy. Kyle, run. It's not that she's living. Actually, she's said to be living with family in South Carolina. Oh, okay. Oh shit! Today's the (laughs) nineteenth. Yeah, dude. So that being said, (gasps) Eileen fucking gets it. Like, (gasps) oh my god, you've been fucking with me a lot this season. That being said, in a book written about the whole situation after the fact, like years after the fact. Um, I can hear your microphone doing the thing. Yeah. Sorry. So you do it again. <laughs> you mean it's, this thing? <laughs> it's the wire. Sorry. Um, where was I? Book. Oh, okay. So um, witnesses and family members described Wood as coercive and seductive pathological liar who delighted in wreaking havoc in the lives of others. Um, evidence was presented that Wood planned the first murder after she found Graham with another woman. She involved Graham as an insurance policy to keep her from ever leaving her. Oh, shit. When Graham left her anyway after the series of alleged killings, Wood was willing <clears throat> to put herself in legal jeopardy by disclosing the police to exact her revenge. Um, the book portrays Wood as a psychopathic criminal mastermind who manipulated the prosecutor and jury to punish Graham. Psychological testing also revealed Graham could be easily manipulated, suffered from borderline personality disorder, and lacked the sophistication to plan the series of killings, let alone adequately to t- defend herself in her trial. Well, that's everyone. What else? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> pessimistic attitude yeah and what is it and no and a generally pessimistic attitude are often observed Mm -hmm. um anyways so the book also reveals wood later told inmates that she had made the entire story up to put graham away for leaving her for another woman and that she had done all the killing but framed graham also for revenge Mm. so now graham is being held on five life sentences and wood is out as of I three mean, days ago. She shouldn't have left her. <laughs> wow. That's not wow. <laughs> so that book is called um Forever in Five Days. It's by Lowell Caulfield. And it's the one that they uh I'm sorry. I think that's so cute. And there's the, also just a- the little Forever in Five Days thing. <laughs> I mean, if it didn't have to do with murdering people, I know. it would be really mm-hmm. adorable. <laughs> and there was um uh, they were featured on Snapped Killer Couples. Mm. Ooh, okay. I need to watch that one. Yup. I don't know why, like, hospital murders or, like, in the medical field are just so intriguing to me. 
because there's so many different ways to do it and mm-hmm. actually get away with it. They have so and much control. And then these people, yeah. yeah. And then they just kind of like fuck up. But this one's fucking crazy. Damn, that is nuts. Good one. Yep, I'm done. <laughs> yep, goodbye. I totally didn't choose it because of like I just liked it because of the um tied to American Horror Story. Oh. But um I thought you uh, I found out at the end that it was she was released. Like as I'm writing it. Yeah. Literally when you got here, I'm like, holy shit, she's out three days ago. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think we've had one that recent. Not that close. I don't think we've ever done a story like that. Like that was like yesterday. (laughs) Holy crap. Eileen just finished her notebook from season one. Oh my God. It's such a momentous occasion. It will be in our archives when we put our, um, yeah, when we have our our museum and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, I already have calls out to them. So we're setting it up. It'll have our original rendering for our logo. It'll have Eileen. Uh-huh. <laughs> wonderful drawing that you did. Yeah. Um, it'll have Eileen's notebook and it'll have the itinerary that Kylie put together for our first getaway. And my yeah. medical degree will be in it. Oh, and Eileen's medical degree. Yeah, 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 medical degree. I can put my first That's microphone. Right. We could put that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's now, I hope you're preserving it. Yeah, I, yeah it's there. It's just chilling. And um, when I die, I will be embalmed, like taxidermy and put in there. Uh-huh. Oh, bringing it right back around. Look at that. Bring it around town. Make <laughs> 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 SpongeBob. All right, Kyle. We'll go in order in logo order. Okay, logo order. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. All right. Partners in true crime. Now, I chose mine because I thought their names together were absolutely adorable. And it's oh Ray God. and Faye Copeland. So I just Aww, couldn't. Like, so cute. Okay. So. Ray Copeland was born December 30th, 1914 in Oklahoma. His And in the yeah. beginning. Oklahoma. Why is that funny? She said Oklahoma. She did? I heard Oklahoma. I heard, I mean, I thought I said Oklahoma, but, um, and in this beginning, you're going to hear a lot about Ray, but just, just stick with me. All right. Um, his family moved around a lot and Ray took up a lot of petty crime. He would steal livestock, forge checks, and, you know, just the usual, like, Mm -hmm. stuff that you do. Small town shit. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1939, he was caught and spent a year in jail. Mm -hmm. After his release, he met Faye Wilson, and they soon fell in love and got married and had several children. And by several, Mm. I mean, over the time, six kids. So What a dream. Yep, just so cute. Living the dream. (laughs) The family life did not stop Ray with his crimes, though. Just as when he was younger, the family moved around a lot, mostly because of Ray's illegal money-making tactics. They uh, they would get all the money they could from a town before getting caught and then just move on. So they would just kept town hopping and mm. town hopping. Yeah. Um, throughout this time, he kept getting caught and kept getting time in jail. So he would like do this. They'd hop a little bit. Then he'd get caught and then go to jail. So he knew he had to change his ways, just not in the way one would normally change their ways. <laughs> like, you mean he didn't get an honest job? No, 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 no. Oh. No, no. 
So Ray and Faye got a property in Mooresville, Missouri. Because of his reputation, he wasn't allowed to buy or sell cattle on their own, which is what like they were going to try and do on the farm. So they began to hire drifters and hobos. They would, oh, God. They would take them as farmhands to the cattle auctions. Um, the quote-unquote farmhands would bid on the cattle. They would win. They would write a check in their name. The check would, of course, not go through, but by the time they realized that it didn't go through, the cattle yeah. would have been sold, and that farm ha- quote-unquote farmhand was, like, long gone because they were just m- making their way through. And no one would be any of the wiser that Ray had anything to do with it. So, um, because Ray would just tell him to skip town. Like, it was just like, okay, cool. So, this worked until it, like, didn't anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Because eventually they were like, wow, all of these people have Ray with them. That's so weird. Um, So Small town. (laughs) So, eventually the police, like, caught on and... um, I think they eventually like talked to like one of like some of the hobos and stuff like that. So it was like, oh, yeah, okay. So, but what do we learn here? If at first you don't succeed, try, try, again. try again. Exactly. Leah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he started the same scam, but like added a but little better, but, but better. <laughs> So version Je- 2.0. And, and it's similar to what Jesse did, right? Like in the last episode, yeah. Jesse was like, dude, if they're dead, they can't talk. Exactly. Right? So that's that's what he added. So again, he would have the farm hands, they would buy the cattle, they would bounce the checks. But this time he made sure they disappeared for good and would kill him. So he did this for five years. So it was like, good okay, Lord. this is working. Like finally something works. Police were suspicious and started to, like, look closer, but they couldn't find, like, the connection that they were looking for to, like, truly arrest him. When questioned, Ray... Oh, sorry. Hold on. This is not... Oh, yeah. When questioned, like, about, like, the people that he was hiring, Ray would be like, oh, yeah, they bounce checks to me, too. Like, and he would, like, show them things. And then... um, And he was like, yeah, it's just hard to find decent work, you know, like hard to find decent people to work for you <laughs> that's fucking so, how john wayne gacy would like mm-hmm. just explain away his victims too. yeah and so they were like well we know he has a history but we don't have anything solid to arrest him yeah then in 1989 a call to crime stoppers um by a guy named jack mccormick like really made them suspicious he said that he was working for ray when he was working for ray he saw human bones on the farm and when mccormick tried to flee ray pointed a 22 at his head somehow he escaped and then like made the call like right after so when they finally caught up with jack um he also told police about all the fraudulent things that they were doing on the farm like he told them like of the whole operation basically and so this was enough for police to arrest both ray and Faye because jack was talking about everybody but they arrested them from for swindling because they didn't have like yes he said they saw bones but didn't have anything for that so like they got to get him for something first and then right. start so digging. they got him arrested and while they were arrested they the cops were searching the farm and as they were searching the forty acres Ray told police oh my god forty acres yeah. <laughs> 
Ray told police, you'll find nothing on my place. And he was right. They found absolutely nothing. Like they found some animal bones, but it's a farm. So like it's not that weird. 40 acres. 40 acres. But the police were like, no, there's something. There's got to be something. So they decided to expand their search past the farm, which I thought was like, I'm like, wow, okay. Um, They knew that Ray would take odd jobs at another farm, like about 12 miles away. It wasn't owned by him. But so then they searched the barn on that property and found three corpses buried in shallow graves. The bodies were identified as Jimmy Dale Harvey, Paul Cowart, and John Freeman. They were all transients who had been seen working with Ray. As they continued to search, they found two more corpses identified as Wayne Warner and Dennis Murphy. Same deal. So the owner of the farm told police he didn't know about any of the murders except Murphy's because he had witnessed him dumping the bodies. And I'm like... And you, you don't anything? just like keep that. He's <laughs> like, what are you doing? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I knew about that one, but pff, whatever. But the <laughs> other 10? No, I had no idea. I, I, just the one. Yeah. So weird. So I don't know whatever happened to that guy because it doesn't say anything, but he was a winner. So, as I said, this is a lot about Ray. Um, but wait. But this is a Partners in Crime episode. Um, so there were always questions as to whether Faye knew about any of it or if she was like a battered wife who was just like there trying to take care of the kids. And there was never really any evidence that proved that she was involved besides like knowing what was going on as far as like the family goes. Yeah. Um, so she probably could have gotten away with it if it wasn't for a single piece of evidence. So as they were searching the house on their 40-acre farm, what seemed like a normal list written in Faye's handwriting, police took a closer look and saw it was a list of names. Names on the list included Freeman, Cowart, and Harvey, which, if you remember, are three of the victims. Mm -hmm. And the real kicker, there were X's by each one of their names. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So she knew all about it and was like, Yes, boo. Get him. <laughs> Get him, honey. See you yep. later. Dinner's mm-hmm. at five. So the Copelands were charged with five counts of first degree murder. Faye was first to face a jury on November 1st, 1990. It took two and a half hours of deliberation to decide she was guilty and three more hours to set the penalty at death. When her husband went to trial the following year, the results were the same, giving them the unique distinction of being the oldest couple on death row. Oh, my God. Grandma and grandpa. Uh Uh-huh. They were. Yeah. It's like crazy. (laughs) But um, Ray didn't last long behind bars. He died in October 1993 in the prison infirmary. Faye's death sentence was then overturned on an appeal. But not her conviction. Um, so, but the, oh, okay. and then after suffering a stroke in 2002, the 82 year old grandmother was paroled and sent to a nursing home where she oh. died the day before New Year's Eve 2003. Oh, Faye. <laughs> so that is crazy. I thought you were going to say there was no evidence because they fed him to like the cows. Or oh, something. yeah, no. Nope crazy shit dude so these 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 are so romantic these old grandparents were killing people and crazy with their six kids on the farm 
Ray, I mean, who has Ray the time? Ray and Faye. Ray and Faye. Were you going to say something? I wonder if the kids were involved. Mm. I mean, maybe. Not, I, nowhere. I didn't see anywhere any mention of the kids, so... I, I feel like I feel like at that point, like I feel like they would have to have known something, depending on the ages. But maybe I not. mean, but imagine growing up like not really knowing what happened to your parents. Like obviously they had to be in the care of somebody else, right? Yeah. Children, but and then like, oh, mom and dad went on a killing spree. Got it. Cool. Great. Awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Whoa. So. Yep, so that's Aww. the oldest couple from Death Row. Well, I wish I had a couple. <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I wanted to do when a story on a couple. Out? I think this is coming out um, like right before Valentine's Day too, which is just adorable. Oh, we should have we already did killer couples though. Did yeah. We? Did we? Yeah, it's coming out the so Valentine's Day is in a week. Okay. Did we do killer couples? Yeah. Um, no. I don't think so. Maybe. We did love triangle. We did love triangles, yeah. Um, I don't think so. But yeah, so Valentine's Day is in a week, so there's your little love fest, and Janine's going to ruin it now. Okay, go yes, ahead. Yes, I am. <laughs> Just like everything else. Um, I did want to do Fred and Rosemary West, but I was very intimidated to cover that story. Okay. Um... I mean, I just felt like it was a lot, but Fred and Rosemary West would have been my number one. Um, if you don't know the story, please fucking do yourself a favor and Google that shit because it is, it's, it's a story. Um, it is. Mine's kind of short too, but okay. I, did you find it? No, I'm still Oh. Um, I am covering the Gonzalez sisters. Um, I feel like I kind of vaguely knew about this story, so it was kind of fun to like get further into it. Okay. Also, please don't come for me if this is a bigger, well-known story that I'm not aware of. Um, and if I miss some things, then cancel her immediately. It. But um, I read maybe, let me see, one, two, three, four five six seven different articles um and most of the information was the same there wasn't any more um than what i kind of have in my story so if you know more i would please like please send it to me because that would be really cool i'd like to know more um so there were four sisters delfina maria maria de jesus carmen and maria luisa gonzalez valenzuela yes bitch yes they grew up hungry and abused in El Salto de Juanacatlan, Jalisco. Their father, Isidro Torres, was a violent man who imprisoned and reprimanded his daughters for wearing makeup and even shot a man dead once in an argument. Whoa. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's a little tightly wound, that one. Um, I couldn't find too much on their upbringing other than that. And I didn't find anything on their mother. So who knows? Um, when researching uh, when researching this like subject or the story for them, a lot of the articles only listed Delfina and Maria de Jesus. So they are recognized them too as the Gonzalez sisters and the most brutal serial killers in Mexico. 
And the Guinness World Records once called them the world's most prolific murder partnership. So that's kind of cool there in the hmm. Guinness World Record. That's crazy. Um, raised to be cold-hearted and fear poverty, the Gonzalez sisters saved money and opened a saloon in San Pancho. While the business kept them fed, the sisters decided to aim higher. Naturally, they began opening up brothels because that's like just the next step in, you know. Yes, saloon that brothel. Classic old Western. <laughs> yeah. And unsurprisingly, they tripled their fucking cash flow. Um, there were five. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Six different cities near New, uh, near Mexico City that um, they had brothels in. So they they were kind of. Uh, I guess successful, you can say. <laughs> that sounds so bad, but um, sex sells, people. Yeah, it was it was doing obviously like a lot better than their saloons, so they kind of kept expanding. Um, to recruit the girl, to recruit the girls they employed in their brothels, the sisters would venture out over the countryside hunting for the prettiest women. Their target were women who dreamed of one day making it in the big city and were easily manipulated into going with them when they offered jobs um, as maids or waitresses. So they're business owners, you know, like they have the saloons. I don't know how they were really pitching the brothels, but they were, you know, mm-hmm. in their case, I guess, successful. So right. these girls were like, oh, cool. I get to be their maid. I get to help them out. Like, you know, <laughs> no. somehow you got yeah, to make girl. it too. Um, so in some cases when push came to shove and they weren't really buying that story of being waitresses or maids, the sisters would simply kidnap the women with the help of an army captain, uh, named Ermengildo Zuniga, who was also one of the sisters lovers, Delfina's lover. Okay. Unfortunately, that glimmer of hope would die very quickly when a new girl would arrive. She very soon realized she would now be living in a fucking nightmare. Imprisoned and forced to sell herself to soldiers, councilmen, cops, and villagers, many of these women were force-fed heroin or cocaine. Um, If a woman, if one of the girls became pregnant, she was beaten until the baby was dead, (gasps) or they would have forced abortions. I, I couldn't find anywhere how they would abort these pregnancies, but I don't think, I can, I don't think we need to really know. Yeah. I mean, I really want to know, but <laughs> I mean, they, well, you'll see what they found. Um, if they were pregnant, they soon would not be pregnant. Um, if a girl got sick because of starvation or an STD or complications from an abortion, um, or a fucking load of other problems they can have from all the drugs that they were taking. Right. She would be starved to death <gasps> or beaten by other women with sticks and logs. So if somebody became ill and couldn't work for them anymore or couldn't like bring them in any type of money or they were getting ugly or they noticed like the men didn't want to fuck them anymore, right. then the other women were forced to kill that girl if, like- they, if they weren't like starving her to death. And, like, okay, like, obviously, (laughs) the, like, hey, you're not working out. Instead of firing you, I'm just killing you. That Mm -hmm. sucks, A. But, like, to, like, be starved or beaten to death, like, I just don't understand the necessity. Like, just kill the girl and call it a day. Like, that seems like a lot of work 
and mm-hmm. effort that might not like that would take a long time to do. Yep. Wow. Um, they were fucking brutal. Um, and they also so not only were they killing the women who no longer served whatever they needed to fucking do for them, mm-hmm. the sisters would also kill customers who showed up with large amounts of cash. So if they saw that they were wealthy or had arranged to pay like an X amount of money for these girls and they showed up with all this cash, they would just take the cash and kill them. That's a stupid business plan. <laughs> so not only were they money, killing their employees, they, they were killing their customers. They could get more money from them out of, the life of their, uh, out of their entire life than killing them for that mm-hmm. much money. Just saying. Yep. That, that was a stupid business move. Um, some, so them being found out, um, I read a few articles that stated that the police raided their ranch after discovering a girl who had gotten away and like ran to the cops and told them like, Hey, this shit's going on. And then other articles said that they arrested somebody that was working for them and Mm -hmm. then implicated the sisters during, um, like the interrogation or the questioning or whatever. Okay. So either one of those stories are out there. Um, it was literally even like I read, I don't know how many articles and where it was like, it was, yeah, yeah. Back and forth. I don't know, but either one, uh, doesn't matter cause they fucking got caught. So after approximately 10 years in business on January 14th, 1964, police raided Loma del Loma del Angel ranch. That was the name of their fucking ranch. Um, They discovered something that no amount of training can prepare you for. They found a dozen women that were alive, all malnourished and scared. Um, And then on the property or underneath the property, they found over 91 bodies, including women, men and aborted fetuses. So I think it was like 11 men and then how many women and like a shit ton of fucking babies in different like. Stages. stages yeah Ugh. um both sisters delfina and maria de jesus were found guilty of the murder of at least 91 people and sentenced to capital pun to the capital punishment in mexico um 40 years in prison each which doesn't seem like a lot wow yeah it doesn't um at trial the sisters confessed to running the brothels but de- but denied being responsible for any of the deaths. So they were like, yeah, the brothels were ours, but we didn't kill anyone. Like they kind of just died because the, uh, what did they say? They didn't agree with the food or like the food didn't agree with them or something like that. Like they said that they were just dying because the food that they were giving them, I don't know, like upset their fucking stomach or something. Like, no, you shit all night. You don't fucking die. (laughs) I know, like that's a little dramatic. Like (laughs) Like 91 people, come on. They all got stomach aches and just died. <laughs> yeah. They died of even the babies. Even yeah, the fetuses were stomach aches, so they died. <laughs> oh, no. Um the guilt of Carmen and Maria, the other two sisters, was also proven. Um, but they were convicted under the article of petty offense. And this case has since caused a great um like fucking issue in Mexico. So the following was the fate of the four sisters. Delfina, the oldest of the sisters, went mad, fearing she would be murdered in prison, and she died following an accident on October 17th, 1968. So she was fucking crazy, just like screaming in her fucking cell. So while she was screaming and ranting, workers doing repair 
doing repair above her cell at jail in the jail looked down to catch a glimpse of what the fuck was going on Mm -hmm. and accidentally dropped a bucket of cement on her head (laughs) killing her (laughs) that's not funny but (laughs) what yeah so like she was losing her shit in the cell there was some fucking workers there that like i guess carelessly like looked over just to see like what was going on and then like dropped the cement that they were working with and then like hit her in the head and killed her wow um that was delphina the other um the other sister that was convicted maria louise maria luisa died alone in her cell at irapuato jail on november 19th 1984 her body already being eaten by rats was discovered a day later um this one of the other sisters carmen uh died in prison from cancer and the only surviving uh, sister Maria de Jesus Gonzalez survived um, who, after serving her sentence was released and has since been laying low. Um, so one of the sisters is still alive. She got released from jail because they only served the 40 years. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know if she served the full term, but yeah. Um, so she's out in the world and almost all the articles I read say they have no idea where the fuck she is. Like she's either like super laying low or doesn't live like anywhere in the city anymore. Oh wow! Or she has other um, people doing her work for her. Or yeah, uh, or she wants to fucking. Just kidding! I'm not saying that. Don't come for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's in Ocala, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Kylie's bio- autobiography. <laughs> no, Thank you. Um. But yeah, so that was my partners in crime, the Gonzalez sisters. Wow. Listen, it wasn't a couple, but it was still good. I know. The couple of fucking nuts. Sister, (laughs) sister. I really wanted to do Fred and Rosemary West. Maybe at some point I will. It'll be like my Menendez brothers. Maybe. You'll have to like get it over with. It's fucking, it's a dark story. We could make this a, oh, never mind. What? So we could make this the uh, um, different topic. Huh? This? Yeah. We could make this like killer lovers and then do partners in crime. Or we can do a killer lovers one. We can do a killer lovers one. We yeah. Can do, um, There's plenty of those. Or Bernardo and Homolka. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like this story because it was all girls and they were fucked up. Killing these fucking sex workers. Wow. They made killing a family business. Hmm? They made killing a family business. I'm saying. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Those are, we had some good ones. Dang. Good (laughs) job, you guys. I'm proud of us. I like your guys's. I wish I knew you guys were doing couples and I could have maybe picked a couple, but this is good. I like this. I literally chose mine last night at like 7 p.m. (laughs) Oh my God, I like All right. all right. I don't. I feel like cool. this is a short episode. I don't think so. We'll I don't out. think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yawning. It's it's two in the afternoon. Actually, it's I can go for a nap, nap time. It's five. <laughs> it's five forty-one <laughs> for me. Fucking yeah. Nap. It's also nap time. Kyle, take a nap before you go to sleep tonight. <laughs> oh god, I'll be up all night. I gotta go cook dinner. Hmm. God. Who cooks on a Sunday? I got a meal prep. <laughs> oh, I true. was supposed to cook yesterday, and we 
didn't end up doing that because we took a nap yesterday at five until like seven. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. See nap time, mm-hmm. nap weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a nap tonight before I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I am. Man. I did it last week and I was so tired. I know. I'm here for that. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening in to this episode. And, and to all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just thank you for sticking around. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, we have like merch on the website and um, show notes and like a bunch of fun things. So go on there and check it out. Um, TrueCrimeGirls.com. Um, mm-hmm. let's see what else we have. We have our Instagram that yep. we use the most. We have yeah. a Twitter that we never use. We have a Twitter that just reposts the stuff that we post on the Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> and we have a Facebook that also does the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our main point of contact is either email or the Instagram. And then we have Does anybody individual. check the email? Yeah, it sometimes. Oh, I don't. Um, we have our individual Instagrams, Eileen TCG, Kylie TCG, Janine TCG. So follow us there for our personal shenanigans. I like Eileen's Instagram. She only posts um, when we're recording, which is really cool. So she has random photos of us recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kylie and I are probably the most active on there. But yeah, let's mm-hmm. be friends. Message us. Send us fucking memes and shit. Yep. Yep. Come hang out with us. And yeah, follow us everywhere. Please follow us everywhere. We all obviously want to be fucking Insta famous. Obviously. Um, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but don't follow us home because that no. would be fucking weird. Let's mm. keep it on the Instagram. Yeah. Nope. Let's just keep it cash on the Insta. Thanks. Super cash. All right, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.